What is going on, everybody? And a happy Sunday to you football fans, to you Bills fans. Guys, he's back. It's Mike Shimberski. We missed you last week, buddy. Thank you for making the time for us this week. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Uh, life got a little busy there for a minute, but uh, I'm here to stay. Uh, back on Icy Mike's built in Buffalo Network. Let's do it. How, how can it be Icy Mike's without Mike, man? Come on. We need you here. <laughs> exactly. I mean, let's, let's make sure that uh, I'm always here so we can keep the name. Well, this is the Built-in Buffalo Network, guys. There's a show every day. Be sure to keep up with everybody's stuff. You can catch me on Tuesday with Akeem Richens on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, wherever you guys are. I'll be, I'll be there on Tuesday with Akeem, so be sure to check that out. But we're going straight bills today, basically. We'll hit some, some other training camp stories, but I think right now the time is Buffalo Bills. And everybody's talking about it on Twitter, Mike, so let's just rip the Band-Aid off. Cole Beasley, man. Um, I think this is going to be brief because I think you and I are both going to agree. Maybe you'll surprise me here, but being that we don't have hot takes here on Icy Mikes, I think the fact is everybody's entitled to their opinion. Um, some people's opinions can be wrong, but guess what? I'm not going to flank him for his opinion. I really don't care at the end of the day. The thing I care about is that he's bringing unwanted attention to a team that doesn't need it, a team that's supposed to be, you know, focused right now on getting past the AFC championship game, past the Kansas City Chiefs. Now they're kind of worrying about every other football fan and football franchise looking at the Bills like they're, you know, the odd one out. Yeah, and it's funny that you said, yeah, I definitely agree too. I, I just think that if he has this opinion, that's fine. And I, he had another post that, on Twitter where he said it was a public service announcement and it was this really long two-page pair, like two-page letter uh, to fans and everyone else basically stating his opinion on the whole thing. And th that's fine. Well, let, let, I, let's hit him with a quote, Mike. I would rather retire than whatever, right? Now, right. why would you say something like that? Now, it's, it goes to the Le'Veon Bell thing last week. Like, you can have an opinion in life, okay? But when you have the, the mass audience that these guys have, and uh, you can't be putting these statements out. You just got to be more careful, be more aware. I understand, you know, it's, it's, a, tough, it's a tough thing to talk about. And I'm sick of talking about him, especially with the Bills. At first it's Josh, now it's Cole. Like, Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, if, if that's – I mean, if we're talking about opinions anyways, uh, that that's my opinion on it is just leave it off social media. He can have that opinion and he can, and he can tell anyone he wants that opinion off the air or off social media. Like, that way you're not – you're not bringing all this extra attention. Like, and that's where this is – now getting blown out of proportion when you know it's getting like it's right around the corner the season's creeping up on us quick uh they should be he should be totally focused on his job and just not really worrying about what other people think about his opinion of the vaccine i mean i just think that it's he's wasting his time because anyone who doesn't agree with him they're never going to and the one and the supporters uh you know that they'll stick behind him. That's that's the same whether he voices his opinion or not. So I think it's just time to move on. He needs to drop it and like just just worry about playing football right now. 
And not only is he wasting his time, but he's making the Bills look bad by comparison. He's a part of this football team. Uh, the guys at BIB here were just talking about the other day, and they brought up the fact that really the PR team should get involved in this. Like they should be talking to Beasley like, hey, buddy, you need to re just relax just a little bit. Like we're not trying to, you know, staple your mouth shut and strap you down to a board. We just want you to be more aware of what you're saying to the fans and to the media. Yeah, I think he does. He definitely needs to be much more aware of the things that he's saying, because I don't think he realizes what he's stirring up at this point. Uh, it, it can become a much bigger problem than it already is. And then, you know, what, what's going to happen then when, when the Bills finally do speak up, hopefully his job's not on the line because of stuff that he said. Uh, he's he, he's better off just kind of, you know, keeping it to himself. And then if he wants to talk to, talk to somebody outside of social media, uh, more power to him. Well, that's the thing. He doesn't have many more years left in this league. You know, how about we let your play do your talking for you for these last few years? If it's in Buffalo, great. I mean, he had a good year last year. We're expecting the same. But we don't need this unwanted attention. We should be We should be way more focused on what's going on in training camp, the battles of training camp, than talking about a damn vaccine, right? Yeah, it, but speaking of training camp, uh, Josh Allen looks great. And, I mean, I understand that these passes are against air, so you, you got to take it with a grain of salt. But the, the passes that I have seen have been very accurate. Uh, he, had, he is not missing. Uh, the throws that he is putting out there are he's hitting his receivers in stride. And in a comparison, uh, Mitch Trubinsky looks pretty good, but there are times where you'll see Allen's throw and it's like right on the money, leading the receiver to where he can run after the catch. And then Mitch's pass is on the, on the money, but it like makes the receiver adjust and he can't turn up field like he, like he should. And, and so in a game situation, that's going to, that'll affect it. So it's, it's really cool to see the difference between the two of them, but I'm really glad Josh's accuracy and his ball looks real great uh, right out the gate right now. I'm also digging the visor, man. He just looks like the Terminator. I love it. It reminds me of Mario back in the day when he had yeah. the blackout. And I, I remember, almost, I remember vividly. Almost like Judge Dredd right now. <laughs> I remember vividly in Madden what I did when, I think it was Madden like 16 or 17. I went to Mario Williams' avatar, found the helmet that he wore, and I put it on every single Bills player because I thought it just looked ridiculously cool. So I put it on everybody, and it was just awesome. <laughs> Madden cover, you know, was announced. It's Brady and Mahomes. Hopefully the Madden curse lives on. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how big of a Madden guy you are, Mike, but uh, oh, what, yeah. did you, what did you think of this? I play Madden all the time. I, when I found out that, I kind of thought it was a little bit of overkill. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of sick of the same people getting put on, the, on there, but uh, it, I'm fine with it. Uh, and, yeah, I, I hope that the Madden curse uh, – comes into effect in a different way. I, I don't really want to see anyone get injured, but I yeah. would love to see them just have a bad season. Uh, it would be great to like just kind of bring them down to earth for a minute because both those quarterbacks tend to get a little extra attention than they probably should. I'm not saying that they're bad players. I really do respect both of them as far as being very good quarterbacks, but I think that sometimes they're the – Overly praised. Overpraised 
it exceeds how good they actually are. Like the, the, the praise is way up there and where they actually are is somewhere in the middle, you know? So, mm -hmm. uh, they, they are great. Uh, and they're, you know, Mahomes is going to be around for a long time. Uh, so, and then Brady can't take anything away from him. Really. He's accomplished everything he possibly can in this league. So I'm not, I'm not bashing them by any means, but it's time to like, come on, put another face on that, on that, uh, on the cover there. But I, you know what, when it comes to the bills though, it's like, I'm almost glad that they don't get that kind of attention. It's, it, it, it kind of helps the fire or feel that fire that, that they tend to have. And it's because everyone still counts them out, even though they're good now, it still seems like they have, they do get national attention. Look at all the primetime games they got coming up. But at the same time, still no one wants to give them the time of day when it comes to like actual, like big time media attention. You know, they don't put any, when have you seen a Bills player on the, on the cover of Madden, you know? I don't think uh, it's ever happened. I don't think it's yeah, ever no. happened. And so, and so fine. Uh, they can, they can continue to ignore the Bills if they want, but uh, I, one of these times they're just going to sneak in there and, and, and take the whole thing. So I, I'm, I'm glad that sometimes this attention is, on all of them and let, let all that attention go to Mahomes' head and, and, and Brady's head and hopefully the Madden curse lives on where they, they have a, a, a terrible season. <laughs> well, you know, there was a rumor going into it because Madden normally announces the cover way earlier. Like they're already, you know, in development, talking about the game, pumping it up for when it comes out. And there was a rumor and, and I thought it would have been nice and I believed it for a time. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry should have been on this cover. It's Madden 22. He wears number 22. Back-to-back 2,000-yard -back seasons, the leading rusher in the NFL, a young face. You can't tackle the guy. Like, the Bills tried. Josh Norman's still flying in the solar system. So I, I believe he's still in orbit. That's why, that's why he hasn't, you know, we haven't picked him back up. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, yeah, the uh, – exactly. I, I mean, I agree. I, I think that, that would have been a great idea to to pick Derrick Henry to put him on the next cover. I think that that's a that's a great player to to go ahead and do that with. I mean, he he is uh, impressive. I mean, that that guy is a beast. And I don't yeah, I don't see why he wouldn't be deserving of it either. So they're sticking with them with Mahomes and Brady, and it's like Mahomes was just on it though. And like, Brady just, was just on it too. So yeah. it, it's literally like, back to back to back with these guys right now. Right. Whatever. Yeah. You know, it's going to sell copies. Who cares? I mean, maybe maybe I'll buy this one. I didn't cop the one last year, so we'll see. But uh, still, I just won't be happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just I'll just print out a new cover on Google, you know, and just put that in the put that in the DVD case. There you go. That that's a great idea. <laughs> but you can't do anything if you if you buy the download, you can't do anything to that virtual screen, which sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. Uh but the but, I mean, uh, who buys discs anymore, anyway? Uh, personally, I do. I, I like having the physical copies of things. Uh, I like I being able to display it and, and have those kind of things. But, Mike, we got new stadium talk, and this time it's not just rumors, I don't think, at least. I mean, it's not confirmed, but it's kind of confirmed. I think we can we can finally talk about it. A new stadium in Orchard Park, not going downtown where everybody wants it. There's no room for it in downtown Buffalo anyway. I'm fine with it being in Orchard Park. The problem I have is the fact that it was announced that if this happens, the Bills might be not be playing home games for one to two years, two to three years. And I can't imagine that. 
So I want to hear your thoughts on this new stadium. Um, it, it also isn't going to be a dome from what I heard, but give me your thoughts. I'm glad that they're thinking about doing it or, or you know, it's, it's pretty much being confirmed that they're going to build a new one. Yeah, I just don't like how this is all going to play out because the lease on the on the current stadium that they have now, uh, that runs out in 2023. And what they're suggesting is that if they were to build a new stadium, it would be completed by 2025. So if that takes place, there's roughly uh, two seasons there where the Bills are going to have to find somewhere else to play. And, I, yeah, I, I don't like that. Uh, it's a huge disadvantage. And I also don't want any uh, – maybe I'm just selfish because of being from this area, but I don't want to see my team go somewhere else, uh, you know, the, my, my hometown team go somewhere else and play and, you know, find uh, it, that it's comfortable there. And then there's talks about them not coming back, you know, which obviously wouldn't happen, but you're just like, you don't want to lose them for any period of time. Yeah, I mean, I, I just – I don't know if it's worth it long-term. And on top of that, if you build a new stadium in today's NFL, you get the Super Bowl that next year. The Chargers got it. The Vikings got it. The Niners got it. That's Levi's, SoFi, and uh, U.S. Bank. So I'd be okay with that if this – you know, because that, that you can almost guarantee once they build that new stadium. Even Atlanta got it with the Mercedes-Benz. So I think that would be cool. Uh, it would definitely hurt losing the Bills for any period of time. Right, exactly. That's the only thing that I don't like. It's like I wonder if they could possibly uh, extend their lease for that those extra two seasons somehow uh, and, you know, come to terms with a deal at some point for Highmark Stadium. Uh, so that way it would uh, just kind of make it so the – they have those two extra seasons there. And then when the new stadium is built, you know, just move out to the new one. And I, I'm glad that it's in Orchard Park as well. I think that that still leaves it to where, I mean, because think about it. Bills fans love to tailgate. And if they put it in downtown Buffalo, there'll be no tailgate. There'll be no. Literally, no. <laughs> so, so, like, why? Why would you do that? Why would you eliminate? That's a, that's a part of the game, honestly. I mean, everyone, everyone tailgates uh, before the game. And – that's a great experience. If anyone's never been uh, to a Bills game, I, I suggest it, even if you're not a Bills fan, just to see what tailgating is all about and to get down there and get that feeling before you walk into that stadium. It's a, it's a great time. And so I'm glad they're putting it in Orchard Park where they'll still have room to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with something that might surprise you a little bit. Ten years of season tickets for me, I tailgated maybe twice. I'm not a tailgater, man. What, what happens for me, I get there early. I read up on all the stories of the day, everywhere around the league, the injury report. Got my phone in my hand just scrolling. The second those doors open, I'm in that stadium. I want to see you get on the field. I want to see you get ready for the game. I want to see, you know, I've I seen J.J. Watt play catch with the fans. I've seen, like, i seen some interesting things before games. And I, I just, like – I understand tailgating. I'm also not a big drinker. I know, you know, Buffalonians love their, love their alcohol, especially before 9 a.m. on a Sunday. But um, that, that's just not my thing. But I, I, can, I can see, you know, where it's important for some people. 
Well, they have a lot. They have a lot going on too, like around the stadium. If you go into the field house, they have things going on where you can uh, you can go out for passes from the the actual ball machine that they shoot the footballs out of. You can try to kick a field goal. You can listen to uh, the 90, 97 Rock is there, and you can listen to their uh, uh, their talk, and and also uh, uh, five fifty is there uh, radio where they're they're talking. Uh, about Bill's stuff and I mean that's it's, that's all in the field house that's that's fun they got a whole bunch of stuff around if you just walk around the stadium uh, the food's great outside because like the food's super expensive in the stadium they have tons of stuff like right outside the stadium that people are grilling up that you can buy uh, so I mean there's more to it than just the just the drinking I, I think that there's a lot if you if you walk around uh, there's some good times to be had there and I, I'm with you uh, with getting into the stadium as soon as the door, uh, as soon as the gates open, because there, that's I and getting your seat early because it is fun to watch uh, the players get announced, and and before that we'll see them warming up. Uh, especially, uh, I think what's really fun is watching the, the kickers, the kickers warm up, uh, and then because they can be hit, they'll hit like some long ones, uh, like like uh, like fifty five yarders or from like midfield they'll be messing around uh, warming up, and it's like it's crazy. All right, Mike, the controversial topics just keep coming because that's how I'm feeling today. It's controversy on Icy Mike's this week. History, okay? And I saw this on Twitter. I don't, I don't know if you were able to see the thread with Stefan Diggs and the Vikings. Somebody photoshopped the Minnesota miracle and put Justin Jefferson's face on Stefan Diggs, put Justin Jefferson's jersey where Stefan Diggs is, and tried to rewrite history. How do you feel about that? They're just so bitter. Uh, they're so bitter. Minnesota fans are so bitter about the exchange that took place. And I mean, I can't believe that this is where it's got itself to, to be, where that's what's happening. I mean, they should be thankful for that, the time that Stefan Diggs spent in Minnesota and for that play to happen. I mean, I, I understand that it didn't go the greatest at the end uh, with him leaving, but they should be happy uh, that it did go the way it did because now they have who they want, and Diggs is happy in Buffalo. Uh, there's there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and I think that just it's time to move on and let go of all of that. I mean, I, I understand being a little bit bitter, but not, not to that extent. I mean, you can't take that play away from Diggs. I, I mean, and – so, in my opinion, I just think it's ridiculous. It's getting to a point where they're getting a little petty, and they just need to let it go. Uh, he's he's in Buffalo now. He's happy there. It's a it's a good fit for him, clearly. And they they got a great guy uh, who they drafted, who's going to be a star for them too. So it doesn't. It, it seems like all all parties involved won, and so I think it's just time to be happy about that and move on. And it's not Stefan Diggs' fault that Kirk Cousins couldn't get him to the ball. That's why he left Minnesota, was he was unhappy with the targets. So, you know. That's another solid point. I mean, honestly, when it comes down to it, the reason why he was frustrated, it had nothing to do with Minnesota per se. It's really just Kirk Cousins not being able to get him the ball. Uh, and, and so I, I think he kept that bottle inside for a long time and then eventually – you know, he's basically just running around the field for no reason because he's not – no one's throwing it to him. And clearly, he was able to prove in Buffalo that you should probably try to throw to him. 
I mean, probably. He only led the league in receiving yards and receptions, broke all the Bills wide receiver records. His first year with the team, the only player to ever do that when switching teams. You can already say Stefan Diggs is probably a top – I don't know if you can go top five yet. Top six. I'll say top six Bills wide receiver already. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and he, it's only going to get better. Uh, he's young. So is Josh. I mean, the, the time will tell. But, I mean, they, they got off to a really hot start. And I am extremely excited to see what the future holds with these two because they – uh, they seem to work together very well, and they and they do work together. Not just they don't just wait until it's time to go to training camp. They they work together uh, on the off season too, and you could tell because the chemistry's there, and and they actually enjoy each other's company. That's that's not an easy thing to to find because sometimes you you know your quarterback and receivers they don't really hang out uh, besides when the season when the season's going. I mean I don't know every team, but. But it's great when you know that your your franchise quarterback and your number one wideout are actually spending time together. That that just creates more chemistry on the field. The bromance between Josh and Stefan, I'm just here for it. You can replace John C. Riley and Will Farrell and stepbrothers, and hey, you got a hit in Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> we're just here to watch at this point. Yeah, let's see what they can do. All right. Well, we're gonna end this episode today with a look around the league at other mini camps. You brought up how good Josh Allen looks. Uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks that don't look good. And let's start in New England with Cam Newton. Uh, video came out of him. I saw that. I saw that on Twitter. And missing. Just missing. Blatantly missing. And now the, the interesting thing to me isn't the fact that he missed, okay? The interesting fact is that Bill Belichick came out with a quote that said, oh, he's a lot more – further on than he was last year like implying that he's better well I hope he's better he only threw nine touchdowns for your team last year he, he also said that he tweaked his throwing motion or, or tried to you know tried to adjust it and I think it, it actually it got worse I, I mean I those passes were not good I, and I don't understand what had, what has happened because I mean he, he wasn't ever the most accurate quarterback in the league but but this is against air and he uh, at one point was, you know, an MVP caliber quarterback, and and you're and now he's missing throws like easy throws to make for an NFL quarterback against air, and they are bad. I mean, it was it's not just like oh he just barely missed like they're uncatchable. Like the the, the receiver doesn't even get his hands on it. Doesn't it's not even it's not just too high to where the receiver hits it with his hand and can't and just couldn't bring it in. These are throws that. The guys can't even put their hands on it because it's so far away from them. Hey, in today's NFL, they'd still throw a flag. You know how it is. Uncatchable, who cares? Throw that flag in the air, man. Yeah, the, the pass interference on the air. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> hey, yeah. in Buffalo, well, it's, it's phantom interference. But there's another quarterback I want to talk about, and it's another former MVP, Lamar Jackson. Uh, the media in Baltimore apparently isn't allowed to capture footage of him throwing to the receivers. Now, I don't know if this is brought up by cancel culture. You know, we obviously live in an age where people are getting canceled left and right. You could be a hit star on a TV show and something comes up from your past, you're gone. And from what I saw from Ravens Twitter was Lamar had a bad day in practice and the Ravens fans massacred him on Twitter 
And that's when the team stood up. Now, it happened in Buffalo with Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan didn't allow any, anything for like the first 15 minutes or something of practice, I remember. Um, I just don't know. I don't understand why, why this is a thing. Tua threw five interceptions at Dolphins practice the other day. It's not like they said the media can't, you know, film him. So what are your thoughts on this Lamar Jackson thing? Is it something we have to look into or is it just nothing? I think it's nothing. I mean, I don't think it's the same situation happening uh, with Lamar like it is Cam. I think it, it, this is the NFL, and practices aren't always going to go perfect, especially when you're playing against an NFL defense when, when you actually are uh, starting to scrimmage and, and things like that. I mean, there are going to be plays that the defense is going to make. So, and there's going to be times where your, your franchise quarterback doesn't look that great in practice because he, he's having an off day or the defense is having a really good day, one of the two. Uh, and so you can't just speculate on one bad practice and then be uh, – this is where it's like it's time to be a pro, uh, in my opinion, for, for Lamar Jackson and just block out all the, all the haters that are saying things about your practice. They're not in the NFL. They don't know. So they – you know, it could have just been a bad day and you could have just let that one bad practice roll off your back and suit up again tomorrow and have an amazing practice. I, it, it, again, uh, that, the word I keep saying is practice. That's, that's all it is. So, so for them to make an opinion about, about it just for, for one bad practice, I, I, that's, that's not enough to go off. Uh, I mean, I know we're talking about Cam's throws, but that, that, I mean, with that being said, I mean, those were just not good throws at all. And I don't think Lamar is throwing – to the point where he's missing receivers completely. Uh, I just, but in my opinion on Lamar Jackson is this: I think he's finally being discovered. I think he had a re one really good MVP season, and he had that because no one really knew how to uh, play against him. But now teams are starting to understand he's very—he's a one-trick pony in my opinion. He, he can only—if it's not there, he runs the ball, and then they, they design a lot of runs for him. But they do not give a lot of reads for him to dissect a defense and try to find an open man and, you know, and that open man being maybe his third read. That doesn't even exist in that offense. He, he makes maybe one to two reads and runs. So I don't know what they're expecting. I think at this point he's reached his ceiling, and if he doesn't learn how to read a defense soon, he's no longer going to be the starting quarterback for the Ravens in a few seasons if they don't figure it out because teams are catching on quick to what the Ravens are doing. And – they, you're gonna, they're going to need somebody who can actually read a defense. And to what he's proven to me, and it's shown, is he can't. Uh, if he could, maybe that interception doesn't happen in the playoffs against Buffalo. Uh, but he, he just, once it comes down to reading a defense and having to dissect it, that's where the Ravens fall apart. If his first or second read isn't there, he's running. And if they have some, uh, a good defense set up to where he can't get away from them uh, and constantly getting sacked and can't just run all over them, uh, their their play, their game plan goes down the drain. So I think, regardless of whether there's film or not, they need to work on something. Uh, and that has, that's far more beyond uh, uh, the fans being able to watch him play or not. They they need to fix it whether they get the watch or not. I don't mean to correct you, Mike, but you keep mentioning practice. We're not even in practice. <laughs> this is OTAs. This is training camp. This is mini camp. Not everybody's in full pads. Not everybody's Freaking Diggs is in compression shorts. Like nobody's out there. Nobody's out there going crazy. So if you if you're having problems now, like the Cam Newton situation, 
that's something to worry about for the future. Changing your throwing motion this far into your career may not be the best move. You know, Josh Allen adjusted his, but that was a different situation. He's got, you know, his hip, his arm in the same motion. It just works. I don't know why. Josh Allen is an anomaly at the quarterback position, okay? Um, One other thing in there I want to talk to you about is the Ravens, not only do they not want to do what you said within Lamar reading defenses, they don't have the team to do it. Their team is built to run the football, whether it's Lamar Jackson, whether it's Gus Edwards, or any of the other running backs they have on the dang roster, because there's like eight of them that see playing time. There's not a number one option at receiver. Watkins is at best a two, and Hollywood Brown is at best a two. Now, Hollywood Brown is a really good number two receiver, but I don't think Sammy Watkins is a really good number two receiver. And they don't have a number one. If you want to put anyone there, it would be Mark Andrews, the tight end, who is amazing, but he got shut down against Buffalo, and Buffalo did historically bad against tight ends last year. It was amazing to see them. I think he was held to two catches in that playoff game. But you also mentioned players having bad days in practice, and it happens, okay? We, we've been praising Josh for how he's looked. Josh threw a pick six last week, and there was a, a skirmish between the offense and defense. I watched the Pat McAfee show that day to see what, what they were saying about, you know, a, a fight in practice. And he said, hey, this is just going to help the team. It's going to help them bond. They're going to, you know, they're going to forget about it. They're going to laugh about it. Things are going to be good fast. And that's, that's all that matters for Buffalo. Let's stop the distractions. Let's play football. Let's go on and win 13, 14, 15 more games and just hit the playoffs because that's really all the people in Buffalo are ready for. I don't think they even want to see the season. I want to see the season, but – you know how it is, Mike. Yeah, and and so that's what. Yeah, it's exactly what I'm saying. Like, I, and yeah, it was when it comes down to that. I mean, fighting, fighting in practice. I mean, that's going to happen. I mean, when you, especially uh, when everyone's trying to play as intense as they possibly can to to show uh, their coaches and their team that you know they're here to play. Uh, you're going to get frustrated with each other, uh, but it all, at the end of the day, everyone forgets about it. Uh, you know, and, and moves on. Everyone's teammates, and so it's not going to become this uh, huge issue. I think that got blown out of proportion. I think they, I think the, the team was over it uh, like 10, 10 minutes after it happened. So, I mean, if, if not sooner. So, I, I don't think that there was anything to really uh, speculate on that, honestly, that if that's going to happen. I think that happens more often than we get to hear about. Well, guys, that's all the time we have today for Icy Mike's. Lots of Buffalo Bills news, which we're happy to bring you. Of course, we bring you league-wide news. This is Icy Mike's, where the takes are stone cold. I'm Dan Kelly. You can find me on Twitter at TheRealDanKelly. Be sure to check out the BIB Network, especially on Tuesday. I'm with Akeem Richards for the Buffalo Blueprint. Mike, hit him with your Twitter. Yeah, uh, anytime you guys want to talk football, my Twitter is Mike Shabersky at MIKOL2531. And Mike actually tweeted for the first time in a while. Just last week, I saw him, you know, hyping up Josh Allen there in minicamp. It was good to see. Yeah, it was great to be back. Honestly, I've been away from life for a little bit. I have a new job, and it, it, t- it, tends, to, it tends to get in the way. <laughs> All righty, guys. Have a great day. We're out. We'll be talking to you next week.